This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here your host of the For the Love podcast. I'm delighted to have you. Welcome to the show, you guys. Right now, we are in a series that I am loving called For the Love of Dating, Sex, and Relationships, right? Hmm, I wonder why Jen wanted to talk about this. Look, (laughs) I can use my own podcast to work out my own life stuff if I want to, okay? Now, having said that, I'm not the only person embedded in dating, sex, and relationship space. That's basically almost all of us. Whether your relationship has been with the same partner or spouse forever, if you're dating, if you're single, all of it, the whole thing. Now, today, we're going to dial a little bit into dating. Oh, the dating world. Oh, what a a deal. What a deal, right? (laughs) Of course, you know, for me, like the thought of jumping into dating after 26 years of marriage was like, oh, no, no, just, I won't, I can't. I don't even know. I don't even want to. Like somebody help me, somebody save me. But of course, who knows when and where love will find you. I am a living testimony to that, but more about that in a later episode. Okay, more about that. Now, honestly, when love doesn't find you, <laughs> there's a ton of avenues to pursue it yourself, but it is not for the faint of heart between the apps and the swiping and the dating services and well-meaning friends and family and colleagues, it really can be overwhelming. It absolutely can overwhelm a person's life. And so, and what do you look for really in all of those presentations of potential datable people? Like what are the red flags? What do we need? What do we want? It can all be just very daunting. So for those of you who are about ready to stop swiping, or scrutinizing people's profiles, wondering if their picture's real, half time it isn't, wondering if their like occasional smoking quote habit is like four packs a day actually, if they're being honest about anything, their age, their life, their job, right? Maybe there's an alternative for you. I was lucky enough, I guess, to have a friend, my colleague, Heather, as an unwitting matchmaker. I like, she didn't even mean to. Again, I'll talk more about that later in the series. So hang with us. But lo and behold, it worked and it's been quite a match. But they're a professional 
matchmakers who are doing the good work of bringing people together and then taking away the pain and confusion and chaos of having to parse through it all ourselves. So matchmaking actually has a long and storied history. And in some cultures, even today, it's like a required rite of passage to bring couples together. So I think we've traditionally viewed matchmaking's purpose as helping folks find love, right? To connect people to each other who have common values, like common lifestyles, ultimately help establish long lasting relationships. But it's evolved actually in a bunch of ways. Like for example, you can be matched up with roommates for college or for young adulthood. You can be matched up to players of your same skill set in a local sports league. Like it's even used for matching organ donors to someone who needs them, right? But for our purposes today, we're talking about the kind of matchmaking where skilled professionals look at the backgrounds, desires, goals, education, ages, preferences, like all the other factors that play into how we connect to people for the potential of romantic love. And you guys, oh, today, we are talking to absolute leaders in that space. And even inside that space, they have a niche place. They are blazing a trail for people of color to find love, okay? But listen, if you're not a person of color and you're listening, hang in because there is so much to learn from this episode. There is so much to hear, so much great food for that. And plus, this is so entertaining and they are the cutest and the best. As always, let me just drop this in real quick. If ever you want to watch any of these episodes, you can go to my YouTube channel because we record them all visually, not just not just in audio. And so today we have the most delightful, like I can't even. We have Joseph Dixon and Paris Denise today. They are the co-owners and the matchmakers at realblacklove.com. Oh, you guys. Okay, first of all, Joseph spent his like, adult life, studying communication and interpersonal relationships, which has obviously served him well as he connects people like authentically and effectively. And then Paris entered the space as a journalism major with a sales and marketing job, like never really knowing that she would enter the matchmaking space where her product essentially was people, right? So the Real Black Love app, was launched in 2014, originally to provide like a safe dating alternative for the black community. And since its inception, like half a million people have created a profile because of its incredible, like over the top success. Oh my gosh, we talk about so many cool stories in this episode, you guys. But this duo began offering private matchmaking in 2015. And in 2019, Joseph was chosen as one of America's top matchmakers by iDate. And in 2021, Paris was chosen as one of the nation's top dating experts. And you will see why. Like, this will become very apparent to you. Paris and Joseph are absolutely dedicated to bridging the gap and making it easier for singles to find quality relationships and even experience just satisfying dating life, right? That they are in a quality over quantity game here. Paris believes that some of the issues causing like 
low marriage rates and rising divorce rates within the Black American community can absolutely be overcome with the right guidance. I mean, she mentions things like the wealth gap, right? Monogamy, underemployment, mental health, social stereotypes. And so their work is very holistic with their clients. It's not just, let's get you to have a good dinner with a guy you know, or let's just find you a pretty girl. It is this mental health, whole person approach to matchmaking. So Joseph and Paris came in at a time where, according to them, this population was woefully underserved in the love and dating space. And so they've used that knowledge to create loving, meaningful relationships in the Black community. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to follow them online because follow their Instagram feed. It is just like happy story after happy story, like beautiful match after beautiful match. And then of course, there's this whole genre of it. Like, and look, here's our babies. Here are the babies that are being born out of these incredible relationships that are like strong. And it's just so, it's good news. Like it's good news in a world of bad news. And so I so enjoy what they're doing. I love how much joy and happiness they are bringing to their clients' lives, to their growing families, to this entire demographic, and really just to the world. I love this conversation. You are too. I'm so pleased to share this really fascinating discussion with matchmaker extraordinaires, Joseph Dixon and Paris Denise. All right, you guys, Joseph and Paris, welcome to the For the Love podcast. I'm so happy to see you. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for inviting us on. Hey, you guys. Okay. I've told my listeners just a little bit about you, but before we kind of get into the weeds here, for the people that are new to you, new to your work, new to your partnership, can you just sort of like high level for us? This is who I am. This is my deal. This is where I'm from. Like, these are my people. And then we'll get into like this really cool space that you work in. Ah, cool. I'm Joseph C. Dixon. I'm a CEO, founder, and matchmaker at realblacklove.com. And I'm Harris. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the girlfriend. Hi. <laughs> yes. His partner. But I'm actually a lot more than that. I'm right. from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm a graduate from North Carolina A&T State mm-hmm. University. I'm also a mom as well. I have two children. In addition to becoming a matchmaker, prior to that, I actually worked in digital marketing, account management, and sales. So it was a great opportunity to use some skill sets that I had gained over the years once I met Joseph. And really, when I met him, it was at a pivotal, pivotal time in my career. And he has so much opportunity and so much growth in his business. So it was just like a no-brainer to be like, yeah, let me help him well, move out. you know what? <laughs> I, let me, let me have my blood. I was you. like, they're wasting your time over there. Come, <laughs> come on, on, come on. Let's build this thing all the way up, you know? So, yeah. but uh, yeah, I launched uh, RealBackLove.com in 2014. Well, the app 2014, RBL app in 2014. I started the movement in 2013. Basically, I got divorced. You know, I was in my early 30s. There was nothing out there for African-American singles looking for substantial connections. And me being a web developer, I decided to go ahead and take the, the, the onus on myself to actually build something out to help people like myself find substantial relationships. I cannot wait to talk about this because we're going to drill down into everything you just said, but we have to know how did the two of you meet and connect? Because we're talking to matchmakers right now. Right. It's like the center spoke of the wheels. How did it work for you guys? Well, as as the show, a lot, a couple of my castmates say on the show, I got high on my own (laughs) spot. I love it. 
right before the pandemic, actually, like literally a month or so in the pandemic, I was like, you know what, let me get back on RBL. I got back on RBL and I found this beautiful woman to the side of me. And that's his dating app. And that's my dating app, RBL. That's hilarious. You're like, you know what? I designed it. I developed it. I promote it and I run it. I'm also use it. I also use it. I'm not only the uh, president, but I'm also a satisfied client. (laughs) But it, it was pretty cool. So we've been together over two years now. Let's talk a little bit about this. Real Black Love is obviously super renowned. Like it's got all the attention on it, all the eyes on it. And you're creating, helping to develop and create and connect relationships between people filled with like love and respect. Like I'm, I love, I love y'all's Instagram account. It's like, is everything such a dumpster fire right now? And I'm like, this is where I need to go to feel like happy. That love is real. People are good. Good things are happening. So let me ask you, Joseph, kind of a two-part question. And you maybe touched down on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear you expand. I can only assume, since you have found yourself in the matchmaking profession, that you have personally experienced probably a high level of love and devotion, maybe loss, maybe starting over, obviously, that has informed your drive to help other people fight it. So first of all, can you tell us about your personal journey with love if you are comfortable sharing that? And I actually, I'd love to hear that from both of you. Let's start with that one. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm a hopeful romantic. I've always been. My journey with love is, 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 is it's just been that. It's been a journey, like really looking for that one. I was married at one point. It didn't work out. Me and my ex-wife were still great friends, great co-parents, what have you. It's just, it didn't work out. You know, everything's not meant to be forever. Um, and that wasn't it. But she's still a great friend. She's still the best friend of me. But after that divorce, it's just been like, you know, I, I get into good relationships. I'm like, okay, I'm not in love. It's not it. You know, I'm looking for, I want the butterflies, but I also want a great relationship at the same time, right? Totally. And that is so hard to find these days when you actually have the butterflies and have actually have a stable foundation to a relationship where you can see yourself with that person forever. You know, totally. they finish your businesses before you, you finish, you know, you guys have things in common. Compatibility is just huge to me. And that's one thing I, I, it was hard for me to find is compatibility. I love it. Paris, how about you? Yes. Well, my journey through love is, is a unique one. I was married before I met Joseph as well. I got married at 22, met my ex-husband at 19 in college, thought I was going to be the American dream, had the house picked out, the kids, the two kids get married right after college. And that was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> but honestly, I got two amazing kids and like the best in-laws that anybody could ever mm. ask for. Still a really good co-parenting relationship. So when I got married, I didn't get a chance to really date as an adult. And I was in that relationship for nine years. So a third of my adulthood, I knew inside of marriage, which was crazy because when I actually got single, there was so, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) It was like online dating was tender. I'm like, what is this? What are these dating apps? It was weird because only uh, what I considered like only weird or strange people dated online. Sure. When I was in college and, and they had to force me to even have a Facebook. I'm like, this is weird. I don't want to do it. Right. Totally. I on my first Facebook experience and it left me scarred. For totally. Before catfishing was even a thing that you can yes. actually do. So I was single for about four, maybe close to five years before I actually met Joseph. And I had gone through a journey. I didn't, I didn't know how to date. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> and I 
figured out what I didn't want in a relationship. And that really led me into Joseph. We actually met on his dating app. I wasn't prioritizing dating when I met him. I really wasn't. I had like a vision for it. I was actually just didn't want to be bored and lonely. <laughs> like I was like, I want companionship. Like I want friends. I want somebody that I want to spend time with. But I really wasn't looking for a relationship. I had a whole vision board of things I wanted to do because I felt like there was work that I needed to do to attract the right person. Right. So those and he has he has rocked my world <laughs> from the moment that I met him. I remember the moment that we met each other and I was like, whoa, what is this character? Like he's truly a, a, he's truly a, a character. I showed him, I showed him a clip from the mask. He turned into like a cyclone and went crazy in, in a scene. Like he just came out and was like, boom, I'm here. And that's really how I remember Joseph entering my life, like not understanding what type of supernatural, huge, energetic presence that he was that was getting ready to rock my world and change it. And it was never, <laughs> ever going back after Joseph. <laughs> like, Y'all, so, yeah. I cannot even right now. So Paris, I got married when I was 19. 19, oh. like a, t- a literal teenager. And I was married for 26 years. Oh, wow. We have five kids. We have three biological kids and we adopted our two youngest. And then my marriage like unraveled overnight, like kind of in a shocking way, right at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. So when you're like, I had no idea what to do. Girl, I had, I had no idea what the hell to do. I had not been on a date since 1992. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what is this world? Like, I don't know any of the rules. I, what? It's like, it's like, I don't, I don't want to do And I was gun shy. I'm like, it's like you was dropped off in a different planet, right? right. <laughs> like, here's a new planet. Go find, go yeah. find for yourself. Oh my gosh. You guys, I am like in a relationship right now. And he would tell you, and he's essentially my age and has never been married. And just had built this incredible, fulfilling, like on purpose, intentional single life, (laughs) great friends. Like he just lives. So he, when he talks about the early days of us connecting, he's like, Jen didn't know any of the rules. She didn't follow any of them. She like plowed right through the things we all know. I didn't even know. I didn't know how to play it cool. I don't even have that gear. So I'm like, what's happening here between me and you? He's like, oh, we don't say that. Just like that. I'm like, why? I don't have time. The thing is, the thing is, you 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 didn't get scarred or or with the dating journey because you didn't have to do it. You are so so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So So let's talk about the dating journey because this is your specialty. I let let's go back a little. (laughs) I have to just know, like, at what point did you start thinking? Do you know what I'm going to do? Matchmaking in a dating app. That makes sense. That's right. That's that's what I said in kindergarten. I was going to be when I grew up. Like, how did that even emerge? Did people in your life who love you go, "This feels dumb," or yeah. like, "I <laughs> yes. investment money." Like, right. it's it's just so it's so niche, right. and it's so out there. And so, I'd like to hear the origin story of of what you've built joseph right it's just it's just crazy because I, I was actually thinking about this the other day i'm like how the hell did i get here like it's, it's just the weirdest journey but i do know that i didn't want to work for someone for the rest of my life i knew that you know i've always been a maverick i've always been a maverick i hate rules <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah I, I just I, i'm not that guy you know yeah. like school, i was a class clown all that stuff you know but my my point was i had a lot of talents i feel they weren't just being Nurture, like I, I like to do things. I'm, I'm creative, you know. 
So that was the first thing. It's like, you know, I, I love the creative side of putting things together, you know. Second, like I said, I just felt that there was nothing in the industry that I felt would satisfy me. So if that if that was the case with me, I know there's a lot of other singles like myself out there that were like, what the hell do I do? You know, I, I don't want to be going on these hookup apps. You know, I'm tired of the bar scene. I'm 30 something years old, 40 years old. And I don't want to go to the club. I don't want to go to the bar. You know? So, I mean, it, it just it just kept growing. Like the idea, I just, you know, it was tweaking. Like that first thing, I'm not going to tell you the first website I, I started because it wasn't Real Black Love at first. But, you know, it's trial and error, right? Until you get it right. It's trial and error. And then when I finally got it, because I was like, okay, what am I really passionate about myself? And that is finding real love, right? And I knew that in my community, there's a lot of broken homes. And that's because there's not a lot of relationships. So I'll say, well, if I could help mend broken homes or or put people together, it'd be better for my community as well. So, I mean, that's, that's where Real Black Love started. Within a year, I started working on the app. And that's how RBL became. Well, actually, RBL came because people were saying... RBL. I didn't even call it RBL until everybody else started calling it RBL. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go against the against the wave and the tide here. I'm just going to go with the tide. It's like, okay, RBL. And it's easier to trade. I mean, trademark and brand. I'm like, okay, well, this is this is pretty cool. You know, branding, easy branding is it, catchy and we're going to go with it. So just, yeah, that's what it is. RBL came about from the fact that, you know, I just kept building on, on what I had. It really escalated. Yeah, the matchmaking aspect came from people loving the movement that I, I made. They love the fact that, you know, I'm all about real substantial connections. They just didn't want to be on the app. I had a mayor hit me up one time. He's like, you know, I love what you're doing, brother, but I can't put myself on the app. And he's like, you know, how can you assist me maybe privately? And I'm like, oh, I'm good at reading people. I'm very good at reading people. I have a niche for that. It's like a discernment skill that I have, you know, whatever I've been blessed with. Yeah, matchmaking, the actual matchmaking found me. You know, I did, I did not choose this life. I did not choose to be on television. I didn't choose none of this. All I wanted was just to produce, I mean, to make a, a platform where African-Americans can be. And that's it. Let me ask you this question, because obviously you didn't just dial into dating apps and matchmaking. You dove into it on behalf of in, in service to the black community. Correct. Which I love this. I love that that's your specialty and that's your Clearly, it's your experience. And to your point, it's to the benefit of your community. And I just think this is, I don't know who else is doing this. Like you're doing it. It's so dialed in and specific. I wonder if you could talk about inside this subculture of a bigger culture, what do you see as maybe some of the most common obstacles inside the Black community to finding like, deeper, meaningful, and obviously your stats don't lie in tons of cases, permanent relationships. There's no monolith inside anything. So what do you primarily see and address and what are you working on either reversing or overcoming? As far as obstacles, I do a lot of research. I actually went to school for for journalism as well. So understanding the things that actually impact the Black community as it relates our business. I spent a lot of time researching and I'm currently working on a book about it because we have to be more solution oriented when it comes to dealing with obstacles. And our main goal, our mission is to make it easier for Black men and Black women to date, get relationships, have healthy relationships and get married. Not to say we don't want that for everyone, but we've noticed that it's been very biased in, in our industry. A lot of the large companies don't focus on really marketing 
to gain African-American for sure subscriptions. And it's bad for us because, you know, representing about 14% of the U.S. population, and then you go into a database of matchmaking or dating apps when you're you're always the minority where you're not able to what you're looking for. Yes, people want to have options, but it's nice to be able to immediately find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But one of the main obstacles inside of that is really attracting the African-American man into matchmaking and into dating apps. And we found that a large, a large amount of African-American men do not want to date online and are, they, are they're not educated about matchmaking just for the simple fact of preconceived notions about dating online, which means that they think that they're going to get catfish. That's one thing. Yeah. Also, the privacy or delivering their information. Mm. Men take pictures a whole lot less. And then the fact that, you know, the Black man is one of the hardest demographics to market to outside of like sports and mm. over-sexualized content. So when we're yeah. trying to sell <laughs> or present the opportunity to have a committed, long-lasting relationship in marriage, traditionally, what Black men have been marketed to is being, you know, content is hypersexualized and not actually saying, hey, here's your wife, here's a long-term partner. So we're spending a lot of time understanding the psyche of a Black man to reverse some of the things media has told us about relationship structures between Black men and Black women. Mm -hmm. And then it goes really deep into some of the things as far as wealth gaps and just things that have really torn apart the Black community going all the way back from desegregation to Jim Crow laws to incarceration rates. So the Black community really goes through a lot of different things that impact our dating and relationships. You got to have the men available. They've got to be trusting to your product or your service. And we've seen a lot of time men in marriageable age that, it, that you would see in other races, they're just not there. And a lot of that is because of not having the income or the opportunity. Sure. So, so when it's talking, and I know that I said a mouthful because no, I really love it. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I bought her one. She's smarter than me. I, I mean, listen to her. <laughs> Give her the microphone. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, I wish I could speak at this level, but you know what? Yes. That's why we make a great team. Go ahead, babe. Yeah, there there are so many obstacles, and I just mentioned one: just marketing to the African American man, sharing a new narrative about dating and relationships, and then also an entitlement attitude that we see a lot with Black women, understanding that entitlement attitude towards a man has to have this or a man has to have that as far as like income, car, a lot of superficiality. We're fighting a lot of superficiality and we're taking the time to teach people that you need to holistically look at people. And of course, income is important. Of course, assets are important, but also a person's character, their conflict resolution skills, also their emotional intelligence and their support and, you know, just their general personality and how they receive love and how they give love. And a lot of time, not, not enough emphasis is actually put on those things. So we're trying to teach people how to actually have better discernment skills and actually find the types of partners that they need versus what they've seen on TV, that this is a high value man or a high value woman based off of status, looks and money. There's so much more to quality partner. So combating those attitudes of entitlement and then also, you know, attracting black men into the uh, space for long-term relationships and, and dating. Those are the things that we're actually really, really focusing on amongst other things. Trust me, it's totally. so many. This would be an hour to two hour <laughs> interview. <laughs> really dive into it, so. Yeah. Those are some uphill climbs. 
And to your point, Paris, let's take the, the app, for example. How have you structured the app to be both like a connector, but also a teacher? Like you said, what is it that you are facilitating inside the users that use your app to kind of address all the things that you just said? How are you pulling them into deeper, more meaningful, more trustworthy space just based on the way you've structured the app? Like what's the user experience there? Right. So the app is the app. What we are looking to do in the near future, because again, we have a real, real small team, right? We're just getting the app up and going to the point where, you know, all the bugs are going. Totally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. That's what we've been focused on recently but going forward you know we're gonna basically intertwine you know like you said the outreach part of things like the blogs and stuff because i used to have blogs and and guest writers you know it's like for instance what me and person was doing before we started taping we're on clubhouse literally like three or four days a week yeah it's a lot of outreach right working one-on-one with people so Mm. you know just to back into your question like why is the app different what are we doing with the app to really overcome these obstacles Number one, it started with the brand. It started with what we stand for and what we represent and culture around what we do. So a lot of apps have a hookup culture, right? Where oh, yeah. the people say they associate this app with Ooh, basically yeah. hooking up. Like it's not for relationships. It's not for, you know, real connections. So the brand for Real Black Love is definitely an app for people who are looking for something more. They're looking for not just the superficial aspect of dating. They're actually looking to have a real genuine connection with someone, build a foundation, date, court, get to know you, not to, you know, just meet you while I'm in town and have, you know, a fling. That's not the culture of RBL. Though people will use it for that. We do not stand for that as a brand. We stand for, you know, working professionals, ambitious people. And we make sure that we hold people accountable for their actions. Like this is going to be a safe, Community where people are not being harassed, they're not being controlled, and they're being held to a higher standard to be on. So it's not a free for all like a lot of other apps. You know, it's just, there's a lot of human elements that go into it. And there's a lot of human monitoring that goes into it. So that starts with the expectations I of what this. we members and our and our subscribers. Right. right. And, and like I said, I, yeah, I've been active with RBL since day one. Like, you know, I've, I've never been on the side on the sideline. Right. So. You know, I have a Facebook group of almost 70,000 people, you know, where we just, you know, talk about dating and relationships. Like I said, Paris and I active on Clubhouse and, and things of that nature, like go live on Instagram and, you know, just talk about dating and relationships. Um, you know, as, as matchmakers, we do provide pretty good, solid advice to uh, singles as well. You know, I might have Ask a Matchmaker night on Clubhouse or on Instagram. Um, like I said, we, we have blogs and things of that nature. So, you know, we... It's not just, okay, here's a dating app, you know, fit for yourself. We, we try to give people tools to actually uh, uh, help them on their journey when they're dating. That's great. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. 
AstroPro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Okay, Joseph. So like dialing in a little bit, when you start working with people to figure out the right type of person they are looking for, that's a good match, that's a good fit. What would you say is like, the first thing that you have to figure out about them as you are kind of, you're discerning, as you've said. So you're doing this like constant second by second assessment of somebody, their body language, what they're saying, what they're not saying. You're seeing what's under the thing they're saying. So when you are personally sizing someone up so that you can help them find like love and connection in the world, what are you looking for first? Is it their values and ideology? Is that the North star? Is it something lighter, like preferences and outlook on life? What are you looking at when you start meeting somebody going, all right, let me figure you out. What matters most? Joseph and I are a little different. (laughs) Well, I'd like to hear both. Yeah, Yeah, we work, we work together. The final decision is always made with both of us. We have to be in agreement because it's almost like, from be our child, so we right. have to raise it together. So, we so I, I, I'm very, I'm very straightforward. Matter to the fact, I, I call someone, let me know what you're about, what you're looking for. You know, what I'm saying, give me the meat and potatoes. You know, don't sell, don't sell me a dream. Don't, don't bait and switch me. Don't pull the rug out, out from under my feet. Let me know who you are, right? But I, I get people very comfortable to open up to me. You know, it, it's like, you know, the first five minutes, we just talking, we're just, we're just talking and and, and getting to know each other. And let them know that you can be comfortable with me, right? And once once I establish that rapport with them, then I'm able to talk to them and they can open up more to me, more than they can open to other people, you know, because I'm an easygoing guy. I, I mean, I can talk to anybody, any race, creed, color, religious background, whatever. So it's like I get them to open up, right? And then I tell them, you know, first of all, don't tell me what you want. I need to find out what you need because if we can establish that first, then you, then you may find out the person that you've been looking for is not actually the person that you really need. Does that make sense? Totally. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. So, so with that being said, then Paris, you know, gets on the phone with them and, and does what she does. <laughs> you know, she goes, Paris would be your best friend after a week. Like, that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll sit in front of the camera, we'll do our, our, our first consultation. And then she may have a follow-up call. That follow-up call may be an hour. And I'm looking at her like, okay, what, what, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> yeah. You need a lot of information. Right. And I tell people, we're like your attorney. You mm-hmm. got to tell me everything. Right. No judgment, but I got to know what I'm working with. Got to know what I'm dealing with. My biggest thing as far as we taking us being able to take anyone on as a client is really understanding why are you here? I got to figure out why do you want matchmaking? What do you know about matchmaking? And my biggest thing before we get into preferences is I got to make sure they believe in matchmaking. They believe in the process and they trust me to do my job because the big thing is like, you know, there's a, people are dealing with a lot of relationship anxiety. They're dealing with a lot of totally. a lot of trauma, not a genie and I'm not a wizard, but I can definitely get in the trenches with you and help you fight this battle because it's hard being single and finding the person that you want when 
it's not hard. It's just challenging. Sure. Because it, it, it is a process. It is a lot of dates. It is a lot of figuring yourself out. If you haven't done that, figuring out what you want and what you don't want and to be able to communicate that to me and to the people that, that we put in front of you. What is going to be our dating strategy? We're going to cry with you. We're going to handhold with you. We're going to redesign your image. We're going to help you pick out quality people. We're going to help you decide we need to walk away. We're going to help you decide if you need a multi-date or solo date. We're going to help you figure out all these things or a different avenue to find the person that you love. That's what we're in it for. We're in it to help you find the person that you love, whether that's with us or if that's somewhere else. For you, so. you guys, it's so fascinating. And I, I know that you must be right because I made up this preliminary list. I didn't immediately start dating again. We had just a lot of trauma from the divorce, the kids and I, and it was just unexpected. So anyway, it just took a minute. Like I needed, I did a ton of therapy, a lot of internal work, kind of like you were saying earlier, Paris. So it was just like, I'm not ready. This is not the version of me I'm ready to put out into the world. So then I made up this list. I'm like, these are the things that I'm assuming. I'm just going to assume that whoever I, who I'm drawn to, who I end up with is going to have. I said, oh, he's probably uh, certainly going to be divorced. I mean, I'm 47, could probably going to be a divorced person. Almost a hundred percent. I'm sure he's going to be a dad. And, you know, we've got, we'll understand parenting together. I'm like, I'm not going to do long distance because I don't have time for that. Let me guess. It was totally opposite of what you got, right? right? (laughs) You guys, let me tell you who I'm dating. I'm dating a a 6'2 black man with dreadlocks. And he lives (laughs) in Nashville. And he's right. never, he's an only child. I'm the oldest of four. My family is enormous and loud. He's Are the only you child. Serious? He's never been married. He doesn't right. have kids. He's a vegetarian and he doesn't drink. I'm like, nothing was on my list. Nothing. Like, but you were happy though, right? Nothing. I'm so happy. I don't even know right. what to but do. I, and I love that because this is a lot of times I have people, they have in their mind this box of what they want. And I'm like, what if I showed you something that That's wasn't right. in the box? that was way better than what you ever thought it would be. And honestly, Joseph was as well. There's an age gap between us. And I never, I never really dated outside of the age range that I was in. And he was totally different. And I was like, I like this. I didn't even know that I would like this as much as I do and, and be as happy yeah, as so I Yeah, so to our point, <laughs> what I tell all singles is, is change up your dating cycle, change up your dating pattern, right? Because you don't know what you don't like until you actually don't That's like. That's right. Right. Because the, the thing is, it's like, okay, you've been dating this one type of person for the last 10 years, but none of your relationships last over six months. What is that telling you? Right. Is this, is this really the type of person that, that, that you should be totally. attracted to? Right? So, yeah. so try something different. And you'd be surprised what, when you actually do that, what great people may come into your life. Right? But when you it constrict your dating pool to this one type of person. That's right. Yeah. First of all, you got to find that one type of person. And then it's like the same cycle just keep coming up over and over, over, and, over and over again. So I, I commend you for stepping outside your dating um, pattern and, and finding that great guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to. He right. just won me over, you know, like love will just do what it wants to do, you know? And, and I think this is the, one of the beautiful things about what it is that you do, which is, you push people out of their comfort zones. We do reach for what's familiar. It's just right. familiar. So right, we're like, right. I'll take most of it and repeat it. And so the fact that you can go, do you trust me? Are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to do what I say? Will you take the medicine I prescribe? I understand how that can on the other end produce 
the most beautiful, incredible connection someone never saw coming. I'd love to hear you talk, both of you, about maybe one of your favorite success stories with your clients that was either surprising or like extraordinary, or just one of the ones that you keep in your hip pocket of like, this is why we do what we do. Right. Well, we actually have a a current client right now that he's a great guy. I mean, he's just great, great guy. He's high earning. I mean, he has to be one of the most intelligent guys that I've ever come across. Like, but we're currently working with him right now. But why I'm thinking it's such a great thing is because a guy like him doesn't need us, right? But but this is the thing is that we're breaking down these barriers in the black community. Like me personally, not just me, of course, but when it came to dating apps, you know, when it comes to black people, it was a taboo in our community. You know, and if you were on a dating app, you didn't talk about it at all, right? This is literally less than 10 years ago. But but what I've been doing for the last 10 years is, is basically letting people know, hey, it's cool. It's okay. You know, actually, it's, it's, it's actually... You're pretty smart to go to date now, you know, especially as a, as a, as a, as a high value, a high earning or, or a man that is specifically knows what he wants. He's dating with a purpose. You know, it, it, it's smart because you're expanding your, your, your net. And I always say, totally. A, yeah. Dating is a numbers game. You know, if you only go out with one person every two months, you're, you're wondering why you're single. Well, you're, you're not putting enough in the basket to get anything out. Right. But with this, with this guy, he, he said, you know what? He called us. And we, we, of course, had to talk him into, you know, the matchmaking and why it's beneficial for you. But he, he's actually going through the process. And, and that's, that's beauty in itself that he's like, you know, we're like, okay, we need better photos. You know, you, yes, you got good photos. But with men, especially black men, we're like, yeah, I'm good. But what, what transcends to women is what we're trying to do here, right? So he's actually going through the whole process of, of, of matchmaking. It is a beautiful thing. But as, yeah. as far as for me personally, yeah. a couple got married in eight months. That's what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> that, that's my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, we had one lady. She started off as a prospect for another matchmaking client. And it's always a hard thing to tell someone, you know, he's he's not interested. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to this when she was a cat. She was all around ambitious. She was beautiful. She was 29. She was super, super great communicator. And great, just great personality. And I had to tell her, you know, he's not interested. And she was like, oh, that's okay. And a lot of times we we have prospects that become clients or they stay in our database and we'll work with them later on. So we just kept encouraging her. She would come to our clubhouse rooms and she would always, you know, reach out to us and tell us, hey, I'm still listening. I love the conversation. Staying involved in in the movement, doing the things that we told her to do. And then she is now engaged. Right. She's on our Instagram. And it was just I saw her. I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah, right. it's nice seeing like it didn't work out the way you wanted it to work, but you kept coming back to a brand that we built and you yeah. kept coming back to our discussions and coming mm-hmm. back to our community. And, and I, you found your right. husband because we created this environment for you to have a safe place. And she found him on RBO. It seems like such a fun puzzle to put together. Like, <laughs> so when it works, it's so rewarding. I mean, so, and it works for you a lot. Like you have had a lot of success stories. What is the easiest part of your job? And what is the hardest part of your job? Cause this isn't easy terrain. This is clunky and people come in like hair trigger and gun chai and. Right. Let, let me set the record straight. This is not an easy job. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. It doesn't seem There's, easy. 
this is not an easy job, okay? But it could be a very rewarding job when when things are uh, clicking and things are uh, puzzle pieces are put in place, right? Yeah, like matches and successful dates. Right. I love matches and successful dates. I love people to be like, "Add a girl, Paris. This is a great date." Right. So that's why I, I stay motivated for those positive interactions and couple put together. And I know there's going to be multiple dates. Mm-hmm. So that that is the that's the easiest part that when someone gives you an A. <laughs> yes, I love an A. Yeah, that's right. The toughest part of, of the job is like when someone we do have a client that does a bait and switch. You know, there's like, oh yeah, I date my dating pool is open, such and such. And then when we sign them, it's like, okay, they're looking for a straight and narrow type of person, and they're telling that person, and it's totally different from what they said prior to. You know, that right. that gets hard because it's like. Okay, well, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be, right? right. We're looking for we're looking for a needle in a haystack now, so that we can be bring you not like the needle. Right. That's when we're like, we right. we did everything. We got the checkbox. We got the unicorn. We didn't even think it existed, right? And you don't like it, and then that's when there's like a discussion. Do you like what you think you like? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's the hardest that's part. The hardest thing. That's that the is hardest. hard. That's the hardest yeah. part of matchmaking is when we think we have like jackpot. And then we present it to our client. They're like, yeah. uh, next. They're like, no, we're like, okay, yeah. we got to do some psychological diving down here. Right. Like, what's going on? Right. Right. <laughs> do you know, like, right. <laughs> you know. So. I, right, bet, right. I mean, this must bring you to a crossroads sometimes where you oh, have no. to say to a client, this isn't going to work. Like our partnership with you is not tenable or right. I've had that you happen. want something that doesn't exist. Right. Right. We ha- we've had that happen one time where we literally had to part, part ways with a client. Yeah, yeah, it, it was insatiable. So it was like it's like it's like you know what this is this is not going to work. You know, you can't uh, fix we're that. Each other's, we're basically wasting each other's time right now. And trust me, uh-huh. it's hard. I'm super competitive, and I right. would like to give up. I don't care if the soldiers have dead. We're not leaving anybody behind. Right. Everybody's love. Right, like, that'd be me. That would 100 be me. Like, right. I just want everybody to find love, and it's hard for me to like let it go. Like it didn't happen. Like I, I have a hard totally. time. Y'all tell, tell me a little bit about your show. Okay. I'm going to let Joseph finish that up. Cause I have another meeting. I have to run. Uh-huh. To. So I apologize. So, no, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy you were here. Thank you, Paris. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Right. So yeah. What, what, what do we like to know? Just tell me what, what is it called? What does it do? It's on Bravo, right? Right. It's on Bravo. It comes on Bravo at nine o'clock, right after Will House Lots of Atlanta. So, yeah, I got approached a couple of years ago in reference to a show. This is like my third time ever being approached. This one seemed pretty solid, you know, and I explored it. And they, uh, they approached me and I was like, you know what, let's, let's, let's have some fun. Let's do it. So basically, it's, it's a show about five matchmakers, right, in Atlanta, top matchmakers in Atlanta. It's a show of competition. You know, we're all friends. Some of are more friends than others, of course. Sure. Some of our frenemies, what you call and you know, it's just following the lives, the the our lives, our personal lives. It's following our business. It's following interactions between the matchmakers. It's, it's very intriguing, <laughs> to say the least. Right? I, can I never only imagine. Right? I never thought I would, in my wildest dreams that I would be on TV, yet alone reality TV. But it's I fine. said, I was like, let's have let's have fun with it. So, right? Yeah. So at, at first, you know, last first two or three episodes, I, I think I was depicted as the the villain a little bit, <laughs> but I think it's, I think I'm coming out of it because because some of the other matchmakers had a, a qualm with me when it comes to my certification things of that nature. Ah, 
Uh-huh. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's a real show for those who may think reality TV is somewhat made up in, 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 in a farce. I can tell you that this show is definitely not that. The emotions are real. The drama is real. A little baby too real. <laughs> I looked at one of the episodes the other day and me walking in, I was like, I didn't even want to be there. Just walking in, I could just tell. So I knew what kind of what scene that was going to be because I'm like, I looked at myself I'm like, okay, I can tell that it was about to be something, right? But yeah, we're, we're all forthcoming. You know, we're all, for the most part, most of us are real good friends now as well. During the shooting, we knew of each other. Some of us, like I said, were friends more than others. We all really know each other now. So season two may be even more sparks will fly. Okay. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. Listen, what's a show on Bravo without without some drama? Like that's we're tuning in for a little bit of that. So keep it straight. Like we're here for the fighting and the frustration. Right. Well, well the thing about Love Match Atlanta is that it does have the drama, but it also has a lot of meat and potatoes as well. It has. A, I'm it sure. Has, yeah, it has some great stories as well. I actually had a client on the show. She got pretty much like belittled on YouTube and became a it became a national thing. And wow. Yeah, and, and, I, and I brought her on the show just to show her, you know, a different side of the dating industry, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a beautiful story. It's a story of redemption. So there's there's great stories like that as well. And you can learn a lot. I mean, we all know what the hell we're talking about. We're, we've all seasoned in this industry. I've been in the industry over close to 10 years now. My colleagues, 8 to 12 years. So you're not you're only getting a, a show. It's a it's like a dating show. Or, it's like Happy. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but hopefully you have some fun, more fun. Let me ask you this as we land the plane here. Right. For the people listening who want, they're intrigued and they want to experience matchmaking in the way that you have said it in this like wonderful, stable, mature way, but they're worried for a million reasons that it'll be scary, which maybe it will be, that it'll be hard, maybe that too, or... I don't know, whatever their fears are, what would you say to that person who's sitting there thinking, maybe this is for me? A lot of my clients say, you know what, Joseph, you made it so much easier because I feel like you're my brother or my sister now. I don't see you as a client. I see you as a friend. I see you as someone I'm trying to help, assist. You know, most people that come to me can get a date. That's not the issue. Totally. You know, this, right. That's not an issue at all. They're great people. They, they, I mean, these people have no problem getting a date. Trust me on that. Yeah. I, but they're just looking for a certain type of person. And they're looking yeah. to settle down. And they need that middleman. And that's basically what I am. Is that yeah, is. Like, like I used to be a, a real estate broker. I tell people that I'm a real I'm a broker for dating. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> you know, you know what you're looking for? I go out and find it, right? Yes. But no, it's not as, as scary as you think it is. It's very comfortable. And within like two weeks or so, you're like, you know what? I should have been done this. I have a client. She said, I, I should have did this 20 years ago. You know, uh, that's good. Only, if, only if I knew that it was around. She of didn't course. know that around so it's not as scary as you think it is yeah we're not okay this is all so incredible i love it i love what (laughs) you do i love this community that you've built thank you and i like your integrity in it i really do i like i like that you don't compromise on your standards and that you're setting this really high bar and that your clients and prospects and the people in your community are just rising right up to it. Like it's really encouraging. It's really hopeful. Will you tell my listeners before we sign off here? And then I have one final question that I ask everybody, where can people find you? Of course, realblacklove.com. You can go there for the real black love VIP matchmaking, or you go there to uh, check out a little bit more information about RBL app. I got a lot of success stories up there, including myself in Paris. 
Anything else I'm missing as far as sorry. how people can contact us? She's back. Meeting's over. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one last question, and I'm so happy you're here for it because I want to hear your answer too. Okay. This is a question that I ask all my guests, like right before we sign off on the show. And you can answer this y'all however you want to. This some people give us like earnest, heartfelt answers, and sometimes they're just absurd and completely off the wall. And we love it all. So I borrowed this question from another author that I love. But her this is the question. What, and you, I want you both to answer it. What is saving your life right now? What is saving my life right now? That's a hard question. I think uh-huh. right now is, is me personally is, is help by working out things of that nature. Yes. Great answer. Yeah, I, I, so I, I really think so. Before I met Paris, I was a cigar smoker. I worked out when I wanted to, to get back in shape, but now I'm actually working out every day. We go to gym literally almost every day except the weekends. So my health is back. I've lost literally almost close to 35 pounds. Nice. Good. You'll see the transition on the show. You'll be like, okay, yeah. different in the show. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. We work out together. Yeah, we work out together. So I think that's what it is for me is as far as taking my health back. You know, I'm older. I love this. So I, I think it's going to help me later on in life to have, uh, live a more fulfilled life as well. Absolutely. How about you, Paris? I feel like my purpose is what's saving me. Just being honest, like being able to help other people and be able to, to be striving for something outside of myself is what really encourages me. I love to see happiness. I love to see growth. I love to see increase on everyone. And, I, and I'm constantly giving because I realize that there is there is something that I was called to do in this world. And when I'm operating inside of my purpose, I'm feeling so fulfilled in my life. It's not about my own selfish individual desires and wants. And, and yes, I, I do believe in self-love, but I also believe in, in having goals and objectives outside of yourself. So when I'm get back into my community, when I'm able to you know, help with charity, when I'm able to help other people, I see that that comes back to me 10 times fold. It's not just about, you know, getting success for yourself and, and happiness for your for yourself, but also reaching out to your neighbor, your sister, your brother, your cousin, and even someone who you don't even know. That really pushes me further because I believe the only thing that's going to actually stand for you when you're gone is the work that you've done and the purpose that was beyond just you and, and, and your immediate people. It's got to be bigger than that. I love both those answers. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm just such a fan. I I love your work. I love what you're doing and I love the way that you're doing it. And I just, it's so exciting for me to see like wild success just happen to incredible people. That makes me so glad. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we need it. Thanks, you guys. Have a great day. Oh my gosh, you guys, I love them. That was such a fun interview and so interesting and so niche and so encouraging. I loved meeting them. So as always, if you go over to jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, we'll have this whole episode. We'll have the show notes and then I'll have links to all of Joseph and Paris's 
everything, their socials, their sites, the app, everything. But for sure, like, it's really fun to follow them on Instagram because it's just like a nonstop roll of good, happy news. And it's Joseph in Paris is the handle, but it's just constant engagements and weddings and babies being born from matches they've made. And it's like, oh, there's the good news we're all looking for. Such like neat people. You guys, this whole series is just full of really interesting conversations like this around dating and sex and relationships, kind of from every facet. And there's more to come. So if you've missed any of it, go back and pick them up. Because even if you're like married or partnered, this is still like wildly interesting and fascinating to hear wherever you find yourself at whatever stage you find yourself in. This is a really great series to not miss any episode. So if you haven't already, go subscribe. You can also go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, we audio and video record every interview. And so if you ever want to watch our conversation, like this is a great one to watch. You can go to my podcast channel or jennahammaker.com and just be sure to subscribe to the show and you'll never miss a single episode. All right, you guys, more to come next week. Thanks for listening. 